Welcome to the River D Centre podcast. Listen back to the Sunday worship message recorded live in our church building in Flint, North Wales. I just want to say my thanks as well to, to everyone that took part. And I think really most people uh, played a part. Uh, it was really, really good. The, the, I must say, uh, Michelle Perfect, who is the, the mayor, she was there with all the regalia yesterday, and her, her mother, who is Vicky Perfect, she's the keeper of the castle, believe it or not. Uh, they were very, they were, they were like overwhelmed, really, with, with what was going on. And uh, they, they know it's on their patch. And we're not doing it to please them, but they were really, really overwhelmed. And um, Michelle, uh, who will be mayor now for a year, she said that she wants to work with Riverdee Community Church as much as she can. She was, she really does want to work with us uh, over the next year. And um, we've come up with a little idea that, um, that the big day that we're talking about, the Saturday, well that week coming up to it there will be some security people who are employed by Flintshire County Council by the council here and we're going to give them the key to the annex so they can go up the toilet and do what they want to do and a cup of coffee and whatever they've allowed us then to put our stuff there Friday night ah, and we can put all our stuff there ready so a small team will be doing that on the Friday and you can just come along on the Saturday and it'll be a lot easier hopefully uh, a lot easier and uh, you know I just yeah I got a high five from Elizabeth when I told her that a real real help so they, they want to work with us that's what I'm trying to say and um, you know God gives us grace and favor when we when we step out and do stuff God does give us grace and favor okay so I'm talking this morning on the second installment of uh, teams and um, the entitlement for this morning is team goals so if you're on a team you've got to have a purpose haven't you you know uh, I've written a few things down here a team without a goal will find it hard to score a goal and you know if you follow football anything like that if they're not motivated in the right way not working together like Andy was so aptly showing us through the kids there you're not going to score you're going to lose, and you're going to lose the, the idea of what you've been set up for. A team without a set vision or projected achievement, you know, what you're trying to do. We've all come together, but what you're trying to do. A team without a set vision or a projected achievement will struggle with their mission and their implementation. They'll be just running around like headless chickens, and they, they won't be working together, and you will not achieve that goal the very purpose of putting a team together is to get the job done otherwise let's just stay as we are if we're not going to do anything if we're not going to set any goals then we're all right as we are we can just sit in our individual places and we don't have to come together because we're not going to do anything but if we are going to come together then we've got to set those goals and uh, we know that the, the leadership um, 
you know, just thanking God that we made the decision to have our street parties, <laughs> the Friday and the Saturday, and not the Sunday, as they've, they've told us to do uh, for um, the celebrations, you know. What great weather we had. But also that the team, uh, the leadership team, we set the goals, didn't we? We set the goal of what we wanted to do, and lo and behold, God allows us. You know, we, we have our plans, but God directs our steps, and we have to be under that authority, don't we? We have to sort of like, yeah, well, we want to do this, Lord, but it's, it's up to you, you know, and we, we're going we're gonna to put it out there, Lord, and we're going to ask you to meet us in our faith. And it's by faith that we're going to go on the, um, the Saturday the 2nd of July. It's by faith that the, the Texas team will be coming over previously, the, the week before, the, the Sunday before. They'll be here on the Sunday before. And it's by faith that we'll actually, you know, put our um, marquee with all our expensive equipment in and these two guys won't fall asleep all night <laughs> in the very comfortable annex. And um, some of the wonderful Flint youth have set fire to the annex, uh, to, the, to the annex, to the marquee. It's by faith that we step out and we ask the Lord to help us. So we have to set those goals, don't we? But what comes first? And I want to really bring this down to, to you and to me and to our walk in Christ. We're not just robots on a team, you know, and we just fulfill a, a, a task and then we all go home because we've fulfilled the task. We're, 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 it's more than that, isn't it? It's flesh and blood. It's, it's organic. It, it needs to be more than that. So what happens before the team goals are reached? The team has to go through stuff. And, yeah, we've been going through stuff. And when new people come along, they see that and they want to be part of that. The team trains and the team goes through stuff to help them that when we do set those goals, we will achieve those goals. It'll work. We, we set out to do church as Christ has instructed us to do, and it will work. So let's look at what Jesus did. So if you have got your Bibles or your phones or your iPads, uh, Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 35, and it's just a little snippet that, I, that really speaks to me about the way Jesus did team. And um, he's the greatest team leader uh, in history. And it says this, again, the next day, John uh, stood with two of his disciples. That's John the Baptist, stood with two of his followers. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. So this is when Jesus came to the Jordan and uh, he got baptized. And the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. So two of John the Baptist's uh, disciples decided to follow Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following said to them, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated teacher, Where are you staying? So they didn't, you know, they didn't so like come to Jesus and say, We want ten bullet points of how to change the world. You know, we want all the power you've got. Give it to us. They just said, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and see. 
And they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the tenth hour. They just wanted to know where he was staying. They just wanted to be with him. And I, I just love that, that, that Jesus did that. And it wasn't like a series of seminars in a university. It was just being with Jesus. And it's so down to earth. It's so organic. It's so beautiful that that's what God wants. The team of disciples not only followed Jesus, the team leader, they stayed with him. They lived with him. They ate with him. They walked with him. They journeyed together for what was about three and a half years apprenticeship. And they just, they just went around as buddies. They went around as people together, a group, a band. And they found out where he was staying and they, want, and they stayed with him. Before the goal of the Great Commission was given, the team had to go through radical training. And um, it, it was hard because they had, presum they had presuppositions, they had pre presumptions. They, they thought they knew what the Messiah was going to do and what, what he was going to say and what he was going to accomplish. And that they were wrong. And so... Their worldview had to go through a huge shift, a paradigm shift. You know, paradigm where we've got parameters that have set that we look at our world, but they were in the wrong paradigm. They were in the wrong worldview. And Jesus had to bring them over here to his worldview, to his paradigm, to what he wanted. Time and time again, we see during that apprenticeship, that the disciples, they, they, they just didn't get it. They, they just kept referring to their presumption of what Jesus should do and what they wanted. You know, why can't we call down fire to consume the opposition? That was one of the things they wanted to do. Lord, can we call down fire to get rid of these people that don't like you? And uh, they, just, they just weren't in that frame of mind of what Jesus was, was doing. Uh, will you bring in your kingdom now, Lord, and rid us of the, room, the Roman rule? They just, want, they just saw the Messiah as some figurehead who was going to rid them of Roman rule, who was going to uh, take away their oppression and free them so that they could rule the world in that way, that the Romans were ruling. And what's wrong with cutting someone's ear off with a sword? You know, what did Jesus do? He picked, he picked this poor ear up and stuck it back on and, and miraculously healed uh, the servant that, that was lost his ear when in the Garden of Gethsemane. So they were, they were constantly, and this is at, that's at the end of the three and a half year apprenticeship, they still didn't get completely what, what Jesus was about. And so their view of what the Savior was going to do had to be eradicated, completely eradicated, rubbed out, because what Jesus had come to do was completely different to what they had got in their mind. And now, when some people walk through that front door into Riverdee Community Church, they're coming in with their worldview. They're coming in with their presumptions of what church is and what, what we're about or what we're trying to do or what the Bible says we should be doing. 
And little by little, gently and lovingly, we, we, we coax those people, uh, if they want to stay, into the worldview of, of the Bible and, and of Christ. And they needed to see the true course of the ministry of the gospel. And we know that when it, when it did happen, when Jesus did go on the cross and he rose from the dead, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, suddenly their worldview changed. And they understood so much more in an instant. And they kept referring back, oh yeah, Jesus did say this would happen. And they did, he did say that he would rise from the dead. And he did say that we, we wouldn't do this, we would do that. Famous verse in the Bible, probably the most famous, John 3:16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17 says this, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, to call down fire, to cut off people's ears, to get rid of the Roman rule and every other political rule and rule from as a king, uh, as a, a political person. No, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And we know that as we come to Christ, he, he wants us to know him in that very special way so that we can be part of his team and we can understand the goals of the kingdom. Okay. How does this relate to us today? Well, we, um, we embark on our full-time 24-7 apprenticeship when we believe, when we get saved, when we come to that point of, of knowing who Christ is and, and thinking, you know what, I, I accept Jesus into my life. I accept Christ as Lord and Savior. I want to be a Christian. I want to follow the Lord. And um, it, it took me back to when I got saved, when I became a Christian a long time ago. And one of the things that really struck me was that all of a sudden I realized I'm going to be able to serve the Lord. I'm going to be able to do something that actually is related to this God of the universe, this creator God, uh, to, to Jesus. And that my life isn't just going to be, oh, bits over here and bits over there and, and meaningless. That all of a sudden, there's going to be a relationship in my life with the Lord and I'm going to be able to do something for him. And, and not that he needs anyone to do anything for him, but that our life is a life of serving others and serving the gospel and that we would be, I would actually be able to do something. I know when Paul got saved on the road to Damascus, he fell off his horse and saw the bright light and got saved. And one of the first things he, he said was, Lord, how, what, what do you want me to do? And I just think, you know, it wasn't um, do this for me or do that. It, Paul once said to the Lord, what can I do for you? How, how can I serve you, Lord? And... Um, we embark on this relationship, this apprenticeship, this 24-7. You know, when you become a Christian, you can't leave Jesus at church on a Sunday morning. He, he comes with you. 
He's with you. He's living. You know, it's the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. He's with you 24-7. So you can't leave him on, on the pulpit here and then go home and live your own life. If you're a Christian, if God is in, in you and you are following him, he's with you all the time. So I don't know what it was like for the disciples who lived with Jesus and they stayed with Jesus and they were with him for three and a half years. And, um, you know, it's like, it's like uh, who'd like to come on holiday for a three-week holiday with me? <laughs> oh, she would. She's my daughter. You know, well, it's all right, Pastor Steve, on a Sunday morning, but I don't want to. I don't want to be with him all the time. You know, you know. And what's it like? What would it be like for those disciples living with this holy of holy person, Jesus, who never sinned, and everything he did was spot on? And there's you fumbling and mumbling, and saying the wrong thing and getting the wrong idea. But when we become Christians, wonderfully and gracefully he's with us. And he doesn't overpower us. He doesn't make us feel horrible or condemn us. He hasn't come in the world to condemn us. He's come to save us. And he's come to nurture us and, and help us step by step. And little by little, he's with us. And uh, so we embark on our full-time 24-7 apprenticeship when we believe and get saved. This is when Jesus, our team leader, steps into our life. Suddenly, he makes all things new. And we suddenly find out, wow, my worldview is changing. Our worldview takes a big turnaround and we start on a new path with all things new. And when we do that, we suddenly realize that what we thought I was going to do in my life well, God's got another plan for me. It's a good plan. And uh, how I thought I was going to serve the Lord, it, it's not right. God wants me to do it this way, you know. And uh, God God makes it happen and, and allows it to happen because he, he, he comes into our life and he, he teaches us where those new things are. He gives us a new attitude, a new uh, dynamic, a new tolerance for other people. You know, a new love that we didn't understand before. Uh, you know, the grass is greener, the sky is blue. It really is. When we become Christians, when we know the Lord, something happens. And if you allow the Lord for that 24-7 in your life to nurture you, you will see that difference. And this is the only qualification, really, to be on that team. You know, God doesn't, call the qualified he qualifies the called so he gets you in uh, anyone can come in any any sinner any broken person any high or low whatever it is they can come into the kingdom and then he qualifies us he he makes us more like him he doesn't you know i've spoken to so many people well, why do you come along you know i've spoken to you about the bible and jesus Come along to church. Oh, I couldn't come to church because I'm not good enough. Well, guess what? You never will be good enough because God doesn't wait until you're good enough. He calls you and then he qualifies you. If, he, if 
if God, if Jesus is waiting for us all to become perfect before we come to church and join the team, nothing's going to happen. That's not going to happen. So I, I picked the scripture, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14, just a few verses. And uh, it's talking about the new life in Christ. And I've chosen it from the message. A little bit easier to digest. So it says this, 2 Corinthians 5, 14. Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. It, it, it's, it's got hold of me and he's driving me forward. His love has the first and last word in everything we do. Our firm decision is to work from this focused center. One man died for everyone. That's Jesus. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life and resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. Because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We look at the Messiah that sorry, we looked at that at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong. The disciples' worldview was wrong. And um, I've lost my place. <laughs> because of this decision, we don't evaluate, evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him in that way anymore. Now we look inside. And what we see is that every, every, anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start and is created new. The old life is gone. The new life beckons and calls us. All this comes from God, the God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationship and relationships with each other. God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. And just this last bit. God has given us the task. This is the goal. The goal of the team. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. We're Christ's, we are Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them, between them and God. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's always a friend with you. And so that's the goal, you know, and that goal can only be achieved when Christ is in you and when we are in Christ and when we're walking with him in that apprenticeship 24-7, just knowing that God is with me. He's not condemning me. He wants me to do good things. He wants me to live a good life. You know, I had a good life before. Well, it's nothing compared to the life that can be now in Christ. And have that purpose and that meaning. And um, that God has given us that task, that goal of telling people of what he has done in your life. And we are Christ's ambassadors. We're Christ's representatives. You know, and when we're out there serving people and, uh, you know... Um, someone spills the tea on you or whatever, something goes wrong, 
We're going to hold it. We're going we're gonna to be like Christ. We're going to serve and serve. And we're going to help people. And um, the team goals are set when the team has been trained and knows where they're going together. And it doesn't matter where you are on the stage of, of that journey. You can fit in and you can be nurtured and come along and, and play your part. And let me tell you this, you know, doing church is hard. It's tiring. You know, okay, we come on a Sunday, but when you've been, some of, some of you have been the Friday and the Saturday, and then you've come along this morning, and I think, praise God. And if you came on the Saturday and come today, or if you've been on the Friday and come today, praise God. And if you've just come today, praise God. Sometimes you have to put yourself out, don't you? And sometimes it's tough, sometimes it's hard, but it is rewarding. And people out there, you, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what stage of the journey they're at. And just your small conversation and that little cup of tea or that invite to the church can make all the difference to that person's life. And so I'm going to just finish, and we're, we're, we're going to finish quite early today. So you can go home and rest. What are the team goals for us here today, River D? You know, uh, what do we want? What does the leadership want? You know, what's the vision of the church? So right now, I think the team goals could be summed up quite simply. You know, we want to reform and re-energize the teams post-pandemic. You know, where not much happened. And let's face it, we, 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 we've got into some habits that we wouldn't have without the pandemic. And, you know, uh, some folk have found it difficult to come back to church. And some folk haven't returned to church yet after two and a half years. And some of the, some of the guys, they will come back, I'm sure. But they were in the church and they haven't come back yet. And, you know, there might be some little habits that you've picked up and you think, oh, yeah, you know. But wasn't it great to see those teams working and the pictures up on the screen there? And, and it worked. And we want to re-energize. We want to reform the teams uh, for the future. To inspire, secondly, to inspire us again to look at the main task. The main task is go into all the world, Flint, Bagilt, Flint Mountain, Flintshire, Deeside, wherever it is, Hollywell, if I've left where you live out, please forgive me, wherever that is, go into all the world and make disciples to share the gospel, to share the love of God and to see his church expand and grow. To inspire us again to look at the main task, telling others about our faith and hope in Jesus. As we look forward uh, finally, as we look forward, pray and be ready to join a team. Now, you were all on a team. I think most of you were on a team. Great, absolutely brilliant. And that served that purpose of what we did for the Jubilee. Okay, the end of the month, we've got some other great things coming up as well with the Texan team coming over. But pray about being part of a team. Wouldn't it be good for everyone to be on a team. And wouldn't it be good for even new people coming along 
who say, you know, look, I, I want to follow the Lord and I want to be on a team. I want to be part of what you're doing. Now, that's going to happen when we are happy doing what we do. So if there's any sort of like, oh, I'm fed up with this, you know, and Jane's told me to do it, Pastor Steve, you know, it's just getting on my nerves. You know, if, if that's going to be there, then it's not going to work, is it? You know, and if you, you've got to be, you know, I feel so fulfilled because I'm on a team. I had a chance to share my faith with someone when we were out on the street the other day. I'm so happy to be part of a church and hopefully uh, happy to be part of the River D Community Church. Wouldn't it be good for everyone to be on teams and for that to be our DNA, for that to be organic, for that to be normal and natural? So a goal I wanted to set for each and every one of us, really, Maybe you could be on a team on a Sunday. Let's face it, our Sunday is the big thing that we do week in, week out, 52 times a year, 52 events, 52 times when this is the shop front, who we are. Wouldn't it be great if you said, you know, I want to be part of a team on the Sunday, coffee or uh, preaching or the worship, whatever it is. And maybe a team in the week maybe there's something that I could help with in the week and especially when we have uh, the special outreaches like the Texan team coming you know wouldn't it be great for every one of us to be part of that team let's stand and we're going to pray uh, again thank you thank you for everyone who helped whether it was one day or two days. If you did two days, a special thank you. If you did two days and you're here today, a big, big thank you. Could we, can we have those pictures scrolling again, just as we finish? It really is great. You know, I, I really do. I love it when a plan comes together. I love it when a plan comes together because God's blessed it. And I, I really did. You know, me and Ben were just on the first day, we were just walking around looking at the sky thinking... It's not raining. You know, God's answered some prayers. And uh, it was it was it Friday morning, the, the heavens opened. It was it was dire, wasn't it? The the weather was worse than this, you know. And I think, oh Lord, help us. I love it when a plan comes together and a team works, it's successful. And it's it's that because God has blessed it. Let's just hold our hands out. Lord, we thank you for all that you have given us. You know, we stick our hands out to receive something, a gift. And you've done that for us, Lord. You've given us so much with our families, our children, our children's children. Lord, with our health and strength. Lord, we think of that country that's at war still, being bullied by an invading army. Lord, we have peace in our nation here, a relative peace. We have so much to thank you for. And, Lord, from that hand reaching out, we know that it can reach up and give praise to you. We can truly give praise to you. I thank you, Lord, that you've called us to follow you. If anyone's here this morning who has not started that journey as a Christian, then I pray that they will speak to someone, a friend, this morning, and say, how do I become a Christian? How do I join Jesus' team? And start following him. And knowing that he's with me 
in such a loving way, 24-7, not to condemn me, but to lift me up and help me to forgive my sins and to make a way forward for me and my family, my children, and my community. Lord, we pray for the community and those goals that we've just set this morning. They're not for us. They're for others. They're for others who don't even know you yet. They're for others who are in need. They're for others, and they're for our community. And they're for the kingdom of God to expand in a loving way. We thank you, Lord, for the grace of our neighbours and the thanks from our neighbours and from um, Vicky and the councillors that have really helped us, Lord. We thank you uh, for visitors who came and, and were part of what we did. We pray, Lord, that the church uh, will grow because of the Great Commission, the goal that you have set to share our faith and to make disciples, to allow people to understand this new worldview that you have, a world that is not the world that we see on the news. It's not the world that encroaches and is dark. But, Lord, you bring light where there is darkness. In Jesus' name. Amen.